John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. And I would just piggyback off what Jeff is saying. Really, the Psalms, I think, are one of the, one of the best things that you can consistently read every single day. When you look at uh, kind of the monks and the monasteries and how they read Scripture every day, they read through the Psalms almost all the time. One of the things that stood out to me uh, when I read St. Augustine's Confessions, one of the great kind of historic uh, spiritual classics by St. Augustine, was he read the Psalms so much and they were so ingrained within his heart that it was almost like he just talked the language of the Psalms. And that's why in this prayer series that we're in the middle of, we're looking at a different Psalm each week that reflects what we're talking about today. We're in the start of a series on prayer uh, based on a book written by Pete Gregg. Uh, called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. If you haven't gotten the book, I would highly recommend uh, getting it and reading through it as we go throughout this series. And today, uh, we're looking at the third chapter in that book. And we're basing this series off of his method of praying or the way that he suggests that we pray based on how we see the Lord's Prayer laid out. And he has this method of an acronym, right? Pastor Rick would love uh, this acronym, P-R-A-Y. And I think it should be up on the screen. Uh, Each letter of the word prayer is a different uh, step in how we should pray. It starts off by P. We pause in God's presence. That's how we start off our prayer time, and that's what we're going to be diving deeper in today is P, we pause in the presence of God. And then after we pause, we rejoice in who God is and in God's character, and we'll look at that next week. And then once we've paused and rejoiced, it is only then that we take the next step and ask God for things for us and for others. And then finally, once we've given our list to God and we've asked things of Him, then we yield ourselves to God. Because, like we talked about last week, prayer is fundamentally a relationship. That's a relationship with the Lord. It's a, it's a two way street, and we need to put time in our prayer time to yield ourselves to the movement of God in our lives. But today we're looking deeper at this P, this pause, this being still in the presence of God. And you have your scriptures or your Bibles with you, you want to open up, we're going to be in Psalm 131. And it seems kind of weird on the surface that when he starts off his how do you pray method, right? We think about prayer as a lot of us talking to God. It seems on the surface, very strange to start off a method of prayer by stop praying, right? To pause. That seems like an odd way to start prayer. But when you just think about how you live your daily life, it's very, it makes a lot of sense to stop by pausing in God's presence. 
I mean, I think our lives are just so filled with noise nowadays. I mean, we carry these noise machines in our pockets at the moment we have sort of any spare time of silence, like in a line waiting to get a coffee, we can pull out our phone and fill that space with silence. You know, they even make uh, speakers that are especially designed for you to hang in the shower that are water resistant so that way you can listen to music or the radio or podcasts while you're showering so that way you don't have a moment to uh, fill the silence. You can fill the silence with Noise. We listen to music and the radio and podcasts on our way to and from work. We put headphones in and we listen to things when we do our household chores. That the list kind of goes on and on and on about how we just love to distract ourselves and fill our lives with noise. And I'm just as guilty as the next person in this room. That it's so easy in our society and our culture to be a people that is surrounded by the noise of life. And so when we enter into prayer, when we enter into the presence of God, we need to have this countercultural heart and attitude that we need to first eliminate the noise, that we need to first pause and center our mind and affections on God before we enter into his presence. A quote that Pete Gregg says in this book, he says, If we want to get better at hearing the one who speaks in a still, small voice, we must first befriend silence. Which is kind of an intimidating thought if we have so much noise in our lives, is what will happen when the silence truly comes. Before we get into Psalm 131, I want to open up that passage that Pete Gregg is talking about. It's based on First uh, Kings 19. 11 through 13. It's a story in Elijah's ministry when Elijah is at a time in his life when he's depressed, when he's suicidal, and he wants to end everything. It's this really dark moment in Elijah's life, and so what he does is he runs to the Lord in prayer, and he goes and meets the Lord at the mountain of God, and there's this interaction between Elijah and the Lord on the top of this mountain. And it says this in 1 Kings 19, verse 11. And then the Lord said, Go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then that voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? It's this moment where Elijah is in need of a divine encounter, right? Things aren't going well in Elijah's life. Things are hard in Elijah's life. And when we look at our own lives and we have these moments of trial or tribulation or depression, that when we experience these things like Elijah experiences and we need a divine encounter, I think we're often looking for God in these big 
earthquake type moments, right? That we hear the, the, the mighty wind, the mighty fire, these mighty things of God, and we say God must show up like an earthquake, like a fire, like a mighty wind. But here, when Elijah is in the darkest moment of his life, God meets him in a still, small voice, in a gentle whisper that's in the quiet, it's in the stillness, it's like a pin dropping in the silence. That is the space where God encounters Elijah. I heard a, a pastor say that God whispers to us because he desires intimacy and not entertainment. In other words, when we approach prayer, when we approach this idea of talking with God and having a relationship with God, that the best thing we can do is to stop talking. The best thing we can do is to stop filling our lives with noise and instead focus our hearts and minds to attune to that still small voice that gently whispers to our soul how much and deeply and profoundly loved we are. You know, this idea of stopping, this, this pausing, it's becoming very popular in our culture today, right? This idea of meditation, you hear this a lot, that people encourage you to meditate each morning or focus on mindfulness, which is essentially a Buddhist form of uh, prayer, and to wake up this morning and still your mind and meditate. And it's very popular among the people uh, who are trying to find religion or who are spiritual but not religious, but Christian contemplation, Christian prayer is different than meditation and mindfulness. Because when you're uh, doing that sort of meditation, you're, you're being aware of the world around you, you're stilling your mind and being present in the moment, but Christian contemplation is fundamentally about attuning your heart and mind to God. It's about tuning your heart and focus to the Lord who deeply and profoundly loves you. And so when we want to enter into prayer, we need to first attune our hearts to the one who loves us. Going back to Psalm 131, this is a short psalm. It's three verses, but I think this just captures this idea of pausing and why do we need to pause in the presence of God. The psalmist writes this, My heart is not proud, Lord, my eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. Right? This is a short, simple psalm, but I think it just captures the heart of why we should pause, why we need to orient ourselves to God, that this is the reflection of the psalmist that he says, Lord, like a mother is with its child, I am content and calmed with you, that Lord, I have put away all the noise, Lord, I have put away all these things, and I have decided that you are more than enough, Lord. This psalm is what's called a psalm of ascent. And what that means is uh, Jerusalem, for those of y'all who don't know, is a mountain city. It's built on top of Mount Zion. And so when a pilgrim would come and visit Jerusalem, 
they in the psalm book they have what's called these psalms of ascents these psalms that people would sing or pray as they would walk up to Jerusalem as they would literally ascend the mountain of God they would sing these songs or pray these prayers and so these psalms of ascent like here in Psalm 131 would be a psalm of preparation for meeting with God And so the psalmist, as they're going up this mountain, he is basically saying, Lord, prepare my heart to meet with you. Lord, I want my heart to be like this as I go up to you, as I am about to meet with you. And that's what it does for us. In our prayer lives, when we pause, we prepare our hearts for the Lord. Because pausing in prayer reminds us that prayer is relational not transactional. Prayer is fundamentally relational and not transactional. I think I have a tendency to treat prayer too much like a transaction, right? I got my my things that I need God to fix or do, and I need to make sure I give my full list to God. You know, we treat prayer, I think, sometimes like we're going through the drive-thru, right? You pull up and you see this big menu of all the different things that you can get, and you pick which of the goodies that you want, and then I tell them what I want, I go and I pay the price of what it costs to get what I want, and then I go and I get my goodie bag, and then I just drive away. It's a very transactional interaction when you go to the drive-thru, right? And I think that we approach our relationship with God a bit like that. That's a, a transaction between Him. I ask, He tells me the price, and then I get. But prayer is not about transaction, it's about relationship. Because in that drive through I don't know the person who's taking my order. I don't know the person who's taking my card or even the one who gives me my food. There's no relationship there. But prayer, as we've seen all throughout the pages of Scripture, is about listening and talking to God. It's like God talking to Elijah in a gentle whisper in his darkest moment. It's about the psalmist saying, Lord, I am content to be held by you and to be in your presence. There's this intimacy. There's this relationship in prayer. And that needs to be our understanding of when we approach God in prayer. And so when we pause, it's not just simply to get rid of the noise. It's not just simply to get rid of the distractions that we so often have, but it's also to reorient our heart to the God who loves us. To say that this prayer time is not a time of transaction. This prayer time, Lord, is fundamentally about being with you. I mean, look at this profound imagery in this psalm. I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. You hear that intimacy in that psalm. This contentment that the psalmist express of being in the very presence of God. That the psalmist says that I feel safe in the hands of God like a mother holding her child. That is what it's like to be in prayer with God. You know, one of the best parts about Elias is that sometimes I get to feed him right before bed. Have you ever held a hungry baby before? 
they're not very content and happy, are they? They're, they're shouting, they're squirmy, they're screaming, and they're crying. And then there's this really magical thing that happens with the screaming baby, right? Once you give them that bottle and they're, they're eating, and suddenly once their bellies become full, they are content. One of the favorite things about Elias is you can literally feel that shift happen as you're feeding him. That you can sense his squirminess, his fussiness, and then suddenly he just relaxes. And he's calm. And oftentimes he'll, ha- he'll fall asleep while we're feeding him. We have to wake him up because we've got to ha- make sure he gets all of his food. But he's so content. He's so safe that he feels like he can just fall asleep in our arms. That's kind of the picture that the psalmist is expressing here in Psalm 131. That when we think about our relationship with God, when we think about approaching the Lord in prayer and drawing close to Him, do we think of it like this psalm? Do we think of that sense of safety? Do we approach it like children in the comforting embrace of a mother? That God is like that to each and every single one of us. The one who holds us who makes us feel safe in his presence and who tells us how much he loves us. This is the image that David writes here in Psalm 131. And when we pause and remind ourselves about who this God is and about how much he loves us and he cares for us, it then opens up the possibilities of what we can talk to God about in prayer of how we can interact with him in prayer just opens up many different possibilities. I want us to have a heart like that when we pray, to know deep, deep, deep down within our souls that when we pray, it is a place of safety in the arms of the Father, just like a little baby is safe in the arms of their mother. Because God delights in us, God delights to dwell with us. There's this old, uh, I think it's a Wesleyan hymn, where it says that it's a Christmas hymn, Please with man, with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. When we pause in prayer, this is what we're doing. We're dwelling with God. We're being with him. We're stopping the noise. We're, we're getting rid of all that external noise. And we're stop distracting ourselves and filling ourselves with all these things And we're choosing to dwell with the one who will be with us forevermore. To enter into that relationship, to choose to be still in his presence, to let the worries and concerns of this world melt away. It says in that first verse, my heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. In other words, the psalmist is saying that, Lord, in your presence, the things of this world, the pride, the envy, the great and wonderful ambition, Lord, it just seems to all melt away when I am in your presence. That when we pause, we let all those things melt away. Our pride, our idols, our haughtiness, our fear, our sins. We just simply lay it before the throne of God and simply just be held by Him. Like the psalmist expressed here. One of the great spiritual classics in the Christian faith 
was written by a French monk in the 1600s uh, by the name of Brother Lawrence. He wrote this spiritual classic called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's this really short book if you ever want to read it. And it's simply letters that he wrote to monks in other monasteries, uh, basically giving his advice on the Christian life. And one of the things that he challenges the monks to do is to cultivate the presence of God in their everyday life. Not just the times of prayer, but to cultivate the presence of God in everything that they do. And he says to practice the presence in all that they do. And what he specifically is known for is he was a monk who uh, hated washing dishes, uh, a man after my own heart. And Brother Lawrence hated washing dishes. He had a back problem, and so standing really hurt his back for a long period of time. But in a monastery, they give you different chores for the day. And so Brother Lawrence's main chore for the day was often washing dishes, and he just hated it so much. And so what he decided to do one day was to invite the presence of God into the chore that he hated the most. And so he began to just simply pause in God's presence as he washed dishes. Because stillness doesn't have to look like, you know, a Buddhist monk sitting still, being silent for hours. Stillness is about the posture of our heart and the posture of our mind. And so he would still his heart and mind while he washed dishes and invited the presence of God into his life. That when we pause our lives, when you look at your own life and you think about all those moments in your life that you fill with noise, right? All these times that you uh, fill your life with distractions or or music or podcasts or whatever that is to just challenge yourself to say how can I take a moment out of my day to pause what's your dishes washing chore that you can invite the Lord to be with you it can be on your drive to work it could literally be washing dishes for you. It can be in your morning walk that you, ever, that you take every day. But whatever that time and space is, just take a few moments and just pause and be held by him and know that you are loved by him to enter into the very presence of God. I want to close with the story of an example of this in my own life as the band comes back up. Um, in college, there was a season in my life that I was really struggling with anxiety very bad. And I remember uh, one of the advice that was given to me was to run when I was feeling very anxious. And so uh, the place that I went to school at had an indoor track right near my dorm. And so whenever I was feeling really bad, I would just put on my running shoes and I would just go running every single time that that happened. And this would happen sometimes multiple times a day, but I remember every time I would go, there was one specific song that I would play as I ran the whole time, and I would pray that song as I ran the whole time. And I remember kind of reflecting on that time that when I prayed that song back to God, it was in a sense of pausing my heart before Him. And I remember kind of looking back that, after that moment of pausing and being still before him as I prayed that song to him, that it then opened up how I talked to him. It opened up how I could ask him what I needed because pausing our hearts before God is so essential because it reminds us that we're not just 
shouting into the void, we're talking with a person. And we're talking with a person who loves us and who makes us feel safe when we're with him. Thank you for listening with us. Father, Son, we Holy hope Spirit. that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.